millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 11, The Worst Goodbye. I think this would be my advice to Christine. Don't go for the worst goodbye. Go for the Irish goodbye. (laughs) You could have just faded this entire scenario. You didn't need to be here. She was trying to Irish goodbye. I know she was. And she should have. Don't let McKelty guilt you into doing stuff that you don't want to do. You knew. Trust your instincts. We all knew this wasn't going to go well, right? Pretty much. I mean, this was just, you're begging for complications here. Why invite Cody? Maybe it could have been okay without Cody. No, because then, well... It Isn't w- that the moral of this family? They would have been, been okay without Cody. It would have just been Janelle and her kids. That's that's your safe yeah, that's, perfect. That's the, that, those are the people that are on your team. Because obviously when we divide it into segments here, we know whose side is on whose, where everybody stands. We're not taking sides, though. No one's there, taking sides. There are no sides. We can't pick sides. But there are very clearly defined sides. Until we visually watched them take sides. <laughs> Until we establish <laughs> sides to choose from where we will physically stand. <laughs> then there are sides. And we're picking which side. This felt like... Oh, gee, sister wives, we're getting back to, I don't know, the feel of storylines and a few seasons ago. Yeah, because I feel like the series so far this season has vastly improved in the quality of the content. because The it's drama. Good. Yeah, the drama's there. But this one felt a little bit more like an old school sister wives episode where we get some room to kind of manufacture our own storyline within the storyline. That's our specialty. Which I prefer. I like this. (laughs) Want to hit us with the TLC description? So the episode description for this one is, Christine reveals that she's open to getting married again someday. Janelle frustrates Cody 
when she makes another change to her living situation. After packing up Christine's house, McKelty urges the family to get together for one last awkward goodbye. (laughs) Is awkward in there? Oh, yeah, it's in there. (laughs) I got my episode description from Google again. Awkward wasn't in there. This is from Discovery Plus. (laughs) Straight from the pony's mouth. The network was like, that was awkward. Make sure you put that in there. It was weird. But I know that that's not the full story. We got to hear the Carly episode rewrite. Cody becomes jealous of Christine and Janelle's friendship. McKelty offers baby Avalon at the altar of the Shira Chateau. The family stare at one another until it starts to rain. Got some weather coming in. Thank God for that weather, because really, how else would this have ended? At least they had a convenient excuse. Oh, see, this just hurt my Midwest sensibilities to, to drive over to somebody's house, to stand in their backyard for three minutes. Just that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why would you do this? You got to stay at least an hour, maybe two. I was going to say the concept of a goodbye, a succinct, quick goodbye doesn't make much sense to you in general. No. Yeah. It's got to be hand on the doorknob for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> Coats on, moving it along. God, it gives me such bad anxiety. But before we get into the episode, I want to thank all of our patrons out there. The courting wives. The spiritual wives. <laughs> the legal wives. Of course, not the basement wives. You can join us in the virtual cul-de-sac over on patreon.com slash surviving pod. We're going to be making some changes over there. Don't worry. Nothing to the tears. But in terms of our activity. Yeah, I think Twitter is circling the drain as it would appear. We're kind of closing in on the final days as a platform, apparently. So make sure you're joining the Patreon. Jump on the Discord. We might not be live tweeting if there's no more Twitter to tweet on. So we'll probably just be shifting gears and taking that over to the Discord for the conversation. So join us there. You can add gifts there too. So not missing anything from uh, the experience over on Twitter. We don't want to feed the Elon Musk beast over at Twitter. (laughs) As it turns out, I'll keep my gifts on Discord. Thank you very much. I have to say, we were creating some top quality content. Yeah, better put that in the Library of Congress, <laughs> in the archives. Some of the gifts that we've tweeted is going to be losing a national treasure here. And just a reminder if you are a legal wife on Patreon, you're able to leave us a voicemail with our super secret call in number. And we have two very exciting voicemails today. Kind of on a similar theme here. So we'll start off with a fantastic voicemail here from Caitlin. Hi, Corey and Carly. This is legal wife Caitlin. My question for you is if Christine asked you to help her design her new dating profile, what would you put in? From styling the profile picture to setting her interests and bio and to putting in what type of person she's looking uh, to meet. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you guys so much. Love the podcast. I like this question. It's spicy. It's fun. It lets us get creative. Did you have anything for the dating profile? I know that you were fortunate to not have to delve into the world of online dating. Well, yeah, that's what messed me up is I've never had to make an online dating profile. So I don't know what you put on an online dating profile. Humble brag. Well, (laughs) just saying. You don't have anything? I don't know what goes into that. Jedi in the streets, Sith in the sheets, (laughs) I believe, would be in my online dating profile. (laughs) Nothing for Christine? Oh, okay. I thought that would be a good one. That works for her, too. All right. We'll add that to mine. I have 50 and flirty. 
looking for the Lancelot to my Guinevere, enjoy cooking for two, and role-playing games. Swipe left if you like karaoke or romantic picnics overlooking the mountains. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty spot on. I was going to say, you got to have something Harry Potter themed in there, like newly single witch seeks loving warlock, something. (laughs) I love that. Must love kids and dogs. Oh, this could get so fun. It could get interesting pretty quick. But let us know in the Discord. Build on that. Whatever you think would go into Christine's dating profile, let us know. And then we've got another great voicemail from Legal Wife Anne. Hi, Corey and Carly. It's Legal Wife Anne. Um, I was wondering if Christine was um, to date anybody else from another TLC show or even... um, anyone from uh, any Bravo show. I was just wondering who you think would be a good candidate. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for uh, your show. I love it so much. And um, I always look forward to every episode. So thanks. Love you guys. Bye. So thank you for that question. And we love you too, but only in a husbandly duty sort of way, not (laughs) in a romantic way. I feel like I need to clarify that before we jump into the answer. But who from TLC or Bravo would be a good match for Christine? Probably nobody on TLC. I was going to say, I really struggled with this because I feel like so many people on reality TV are bad people. Well, okay. So maybe one person from TLC that comes to mind for me, it's John from John and Kate Plus 8. And then they can no. they can pair up very well on the fact that they were both in very abusive relationships. <laughs> that is true. But Corey John is not a great person. Allegedly. <laughs> Because that was a whole story that was fabricated after he signed his NDA, where he was not going to be able to respond to anything. That's when Kate started saying he slept with the babysitter. He slept with this other person. The and he nanny. Didn't get to dispute this. The, the nanny. nanny. They both right. hate nannies. Yes, this is another thing that they can bond on. They have lots of children. They both have that experience of raising a a small army of children. But again, trash people. Yeah, probably nobody is good enough for Christine. That's true. By our standards, too. Really, I hope she finds a person who has no interest in being on reality TV and we never see their face ever because people who end up being on reality TV, not great for the most part. Did you have a specific person in mind? I did not because as I was trying to think and think and think, I just kept thinking of all the terrible people that we've met over the years in the TV world. You think of all the 90 day people and that's no good. You don't want to get involved with any of that. But maybe on the Bravo side, maybe there's a captain of a boat <laughs> on below deck that we could steer her way. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's find her someone from uh, a young man from New Zealand who is uh, in his up and coming career within the yachting industry. Good with knots. <laughs> Should be into that. <laughs> somebody, somebody from the below deck universe who knows their way around the knots. Boy. But thank you, Caitlin and Anne, for those wonderful voicemails. If you're a legal wife out there on Patreon, make sure you use the super secret dial-in number and the passcode that's posted on Patreon to leave us a voicemail, ask us a question, or share your thoughts about the episodes. One last important announcement. If you don't listen to any of the rest of the announcements, let this soak in. Oh, yeah. Soak it in. Soak it in. Over the next few weeks... Getting this podcast out may be a little bit delayed because Corey's traveling for something called work. Something Robin doesn't know anything about. Right, yeah, something that's unrelatable there. What does that mean? We're not exactly sure. 
we're going to have to be flexible. What it probably means is the episode will not drop on Sunday night. Hoping for the best that we're able to publish before what we used to publish on Wednesdays, and we've been cranking them out earlier and sooner for the latest and greatest here. Not exactly sure what the schedule's going to look like. So we'll stay tuned for that, but we will have an episode. It just probably won't be dropping right on Sunday night. Yeah, so if you don't see something, please do not send me a ton of messages on Discord and Twitter. Don't stress the servers on Twitter. Yeah, just (laughs) don't push it any further. They're teetering on the edge as it is. Okay, let's get this pony in the water because it's got a ways to swim this episode. Right. So we are at Christine's house. Janelle's coming over to talk after Cody's blow up. So we're just going to have a continued conversation here on Christine's porch, on the back porch there. And Janelle was just shocked by Cody's behavior. This is so out of the ordinary for him to be this angry. Christine was like, wow, he got aggressive. And I was not expecting that at all. Because Christine's seen him angry, but he just completely lost it at that conversation. It makes you wonder, right? Because as an audience, I think we've been getting primed for how upset and angry Cody is because we've been watching all of his confessional footage. But really, he's just been up in the Shira Chateau with Robin, hiding, ranting, and they got to see it firsthand. Didn't see it coming. Well, and we get to relive most of the rant again, too, because they had to show the flashback footage to that again. But this is where the confusion was, too, because, again, Cody was throwing out these accusations about how Christine's never tried to have these relationships with these people. She doesn't know where that's coming from. And she didn't realize that she wasn't giving Robin a chance, but she didn't think she was being mean or mistreating her in any way. It's a very volatile situation here. I think this is a little bit of Cody rewriting history because maybe in the past few years, there just hasn't been a relationship and he is acting as though that means that Christine was doing that from a, a mean place where it's more of just a this is how things are type situation. But we saw when Robin joined the family early on, again, another issue that they tell us was resolved that apparently was not. Christine wasn't so happy about Robin coming into the family at the time that she did with everything that was going on. And then she changed her attitude about it because Cody asked her to. Well, again, it's just Cody confusing the reasons why he's upset with which wife. Mm -hmm. These are Mary accusations that he's pointing at Christine, but he forgot. Because honestly, he doesn't even remember that he's supposed to attribute those to Mary. (laughs) That's how far down on the list she's fallen here. But what I didn't like was that it was this was basically just Janelle trying to apologize for Cody's actions. So you'll never get an apology from Cody. But Janelle will be here to try to apologize for him on his behalf without his consent, though, I'm sure, because he doesn't want any apologies going towards Christine because it's her fault for everything. Janelle does kind of hold Christine accountable for one thing, which was what she said about continuing to have a relationship with some people and not being into working on a relationship with others. She tells her it came across at least to Janelle, which definitely means it came across that way to Robin, that she just didn't want to have a relationship with Robin or Mary anymore. Well, Christine didn't realize she thought that Robin was asking her about the relationship with other sister wives. But what Christine wasn't fully realizing was that Robin was essentially asking about her kids as well, maintaining a relationship with Christine. And that's where when Christine was adamant about she's not pursuing any of those other relationships at this point in time. She could see how that could upset Robin. But honestly, 
Robin even admitted that she was being super vague. She was being vague as hell during that conversation because she wasn't specifically saying me. She was saying, these people that you don't have relationships with right now, do you want to continue not having relationships with those people who will remain anonymous? (laughs) We don't want to call anybody out specifically, but... She meant her and her kids, but she didn't say that. So then just say that. If you're just talking in circles, Christine doesn't know what you're saying. Well, this is one of the reasons why there are issues in this relationship and why being a plural family when you communicate like this isn't going to work. Nobody's being direct. Everybody's beating around the boosh. (laughs) It's not working out. Cody's not real thrilled about this whole thing. He especially doesn't understand why Janelle would now turn around and be friends with Christine. This nasty woman who complained about her for years, especially the past four years where she had a lot of shit to talk about the Biggie Housie. Well, of all the people in the family and all of the communication styles that are around, Christine and Janelle are the ones who are trying to figure out what their future looks like and they're communicating the best. So Cody is definitely jealous, and that's the word I want to use specifically. He is jealous that Janelle and Christine's relationship is better now than it has ever been because he's been trying to win Janelle back at this point, which has not been working. I don't really know exactly what he's doing to win her back. He's not doing anything. (laughs) He just wants her to be on his side. And that's his way of winning her back. Well, and the funny thing about this is one of the things that he's upset about is that Christine did not have better relationships with her sister wives, which really he just means Robin because she does have a good one with Janelle, one that's so good that she's calling Janelle one of her best friends and he does not like that. So how do you win? There's no winning. He likes when they're pinned against each other, just not when it causes him too many issues. Right. But with a love as true as Christine and Janelle's, (laughs) you don't need labels for that. You don't need a sister wife label. They're BFFs. That's probably it. If you're going to put a label on it, that's probably it. I also didn't understand the whole thing about the one house because I don't. Do you recall Christine talking shit about Janelle or just in general? She disagreed with Janelle because she did not like the house. Janelle did like the house. Yeah, I don't know if that was just because it was Christine wasn't folding to that. She was actually standing up and saying, no, I'm not okay with this. I don't want to move forward with this. Her first show of independence that Cody didn't like. But if anything, that just shows you that Christine and Janelle don't agree on everything, but they still get along really well. Look at that. Yeah. And they actually disagreed about the house in a civil way and then went on to have a relationship afterwards. And still do to this day, even with all the other changes in their circumstance as well. So who haven't we heard from in a while, as usual? Our little Eeyore. It's Mary. (laughs) Mary's really upset. She doesn't consider... Christine, a sister wife, because you have to have a marriage to the same man to be a sister wife. So does Mary not count as a sister wife anymore either? Because by Cody's definition, they don't have a marriage anymore. I don't I don't know why anyone's asking Mary for her opinion on anything when it comes to this. Mary is playing with fire with all of these definitions that she's throwing around, all these stipulations that she has of you can't be considered a sister wife You are not part of this family unless you have a marriage to this man and that's a shared bond between you all. Be careful, Mary. (laughs) You're getting too specific and you will be excluded by your own definitions very soon here. (laughs) 
this is another situation where just say what you want to say. You don't like Christine. You don't have a friendship with Christine. She doesn't want one with you. She's not married to your husband anymore. So you don't want anything to do with her. Because Mary's picked her side, even though there's not sides. But this is the first spot that we're going to have a conversation about the proposition of maybe there's some sides being taken in the family here. Yeah, Janelle's not really sure what to do because it's appearing as though she's choosing sides and she's really trying not to because she knows that it's going to be a situation where she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't. It just sucks all around for her. She's in a really hard place. So now she knows the holidays are coming up. The holidays have always been driven by Christine and that's managed in that way. She can't imagine the holidays without the larger extended family getting together. Christine's kids and her kids. She's worried that this is going to align her with Christine a little too closely and upset Cody and Robin and Mary because if she goes and spends the holidays with Christine in her newly found independent life, this is going to cause problems in her existing relationships that she has with her current sister wives and legal, well, not legal, husband. I cannot wait to see that go down because you know that that's going to be messy. So we're just paving the way to later on the season, maybe getting around the holidays. You know there's going to be blow up and backlash related to any of those decisions that come down the wire. Now Janelle asks what the plans with Truly are, which it was nice of her to ask the question because it doesn't seem like Cody has. We haven't had to talk about the situation with Truly when he was so insistent that they needed a custody agreement episodes ago. Totally dropped that conversation. Well, and that's what Christine explains to Janelle. Cody has pitched the idea, in theory, of truly coming over to Robin's house since they started this whole separation conversation, like 10 episodes ago, at the beginning of this season. Do you remember? And he still hasn't come through on any of that. No progress has been made. Zero. Yep. So as usual, he's talking a big game. He has no follow through. But like, to be honest, it's okay because it doesn't really seem like truly is that into the idea anyway. So I'm assuming that's why Christine hasn't brought it up again. To be fair, yeah, it didn't sound like Truly was comfortable staying the night, not necessarily because it's at Robin and Cody's house, just the night away from Christine. Doesn't that tell you something, though, about the sister-wife relationship that's supposed to be had here? Remember how the older kids would stay at the other houses? Peyton stayed in Janelle's part of the house at one point when the kids were little so that he could be with the other boys. And now we have poor little Truly, who is uncomfortable even going to Robin's house to spend a night there because she has not had someone else watch her. And that was what Janelle was even asking. Do you think she'd come back for the summer? And Christine was like, not a whole summer. You'd be lucky to get a weekend out of her because I don't think she's comfortable being away from home because home is with Christine. Part of that, though, I think is a thing where she's kids getting older She's going to be a little bit less attached to you and she'll get used to having to go spend the weekend at her dad's house. So I think Christine's probably going to have to adjust to that idea a bit too over time. But Cody has made no effort to help ease truly into that transition because now what's going to happen is they're going to live hours and hours away, whereas he could have had truly stay the night at Robin's and tried it out. And if she was upset and wanted to go home, it's a mile away. Not anymore. Yeah, now there's an uncertainty. Doesn't know what the future holds with visitation. But Cody suspects he's going to need to travel to Utah 
you know, the least favorable state in the union <laughs> by his definition. So that's going to be a real pain in the ass for him. I guarantee we never see this man get in a car to go pick Truly up in Utah. Nope. Any of the stuff that we've seen on social media, it was McKelty who was bringing Truly to visit Robin and Cody at their house. So far from what we've seen on social media. The next thing that Chanel brings up has to be a producer prompted question because they know we all want the answer to this too, right? What are Christine's plans? Is she open to remarrying one day? And Christine clarifies that yes, she is open to remarrying, but has to stipulate not to Cody, not remarrying Cody in any way, shape or form. (laughs) This would be a new suitor, preferably I did like that she brought the LOLs there. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's very pleased with her jokes. Just to make sure we're all on the same page here. (laughs) But she's got a lot of stuff to sort out. It's a whole new life out there as part of this Utah reboot at 50. So it's going to be a lot to process, a lot to go through right now. So it's not really like she has any current prospects on the horizon. It was nice that Chanel was talking about wanting to like whoever Christine ends up marrying because that shows that she wants to continue to be in Christine's life for a long time to come. It was a little weird, the comment I thought about, you know, she's only 50 years old. She's young. I can't imagine being alone for the rest of your life. She's not dead yet. (laughs) You know what that means. (laughs) Well, first of all, she was alone in her marriage for a very long time. So this is an improvement. Just being single is an improvement. To step up. Not bad. But I know what everybody is thinking right now is, what does Cody feel about all this? <laughs> that is, dear listener, that is the question that is top of mind for you, I am sure. <laughs> because that was exactly where we were. Because we have to cut over to Cody and hear his input on this, which I don't fucking care at all what his input is on any of this. But here it comes. I literally didn't even take notes because I was so not interested in what he thought about this. His heart is broken. And maybe, maybe that's why he's still mad because he's been fighting these feelings. Because wow, apparently he's still... you were going to break out into song. No, because apparently he still doesn't know why he was mad. Even though he was pretty certain on that last conversation, he was screaming at Christine. That's why he's mad is because you've always been a dick to Robin. He was I, pretty sure about that. I, I'm pretty sure about that. I guess he still doesn't know because he's still trying to figure out why he's so sad. I think every day he finds a new reason to be mad at Christine. So now he can't keep track of them anymore. That's correct. So we're just going to stuff more of those fill-ins deep, deep down. Let's not address them. We can't think about them too much. We have to go help Janelle with her RV. He's still in the fog of divorce. And somehow everything is Christine's fault. That's okay. I'm sure she's been fucking up the RV settings. (laughs) And it's not self-leveling properly because Christine is over there fiddling with it and he's just waiting to find the evidence of that. It was funny that he started out by saying, well, I know my other relationships need attention too. So he's going to do something really romantic with Janelle, which is to go work on the RV together. And relationships, plural, he can drop that S (laughs) pretty quick because we know you're not putting any attention into your relationship with Mary. There is no relationship there. Things are not good out on Coyote Pass with the RV. Dear God, pour a cement slab. I don't know how else to tell you this because this would solve a lot of the problems that they're having right now. I mean, not the electricity. Obviously, that's still an issue. Not the running water. No, 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 no. Not that. 
but at least you would have a level RV. Your plumbing <laughs> wouldn't be backing up. I'm just picturing Janelle trying to put things down on a table inside that thing and everything's rolling off onto the floor every two seconds. It's like Titanic when Jack's <laughs> handcuffed to the vice it's sinking and he's rolling the bullet. The security <laughs> guy's rolling the bullet down the table. God. It's not good. They're they're not able to get this thing to stay level. We basically just watch them argue about what needs to be done. I think it's more so Cody doesn't realize he he's seeing that they're working on this stuff. It's stupid things that they're arguing about because it's just a mundane thing, but there's animosity behind it too. And Cody doesn't even realize he's resenting Janelle for this situation. He wouldn't even be out here on Coyote Pass messing around with this RV if she hadn't gone out and bought it. So he resents her for this. He doesn't piece that together, though. He doesn't say that. He starts to be a little passive aggressive and imply it, but he won't outright say it. And then the other part of it is clearly that he's upset with the fact that Janelle has taken a side by being kind to Christine through the divorce. I think that's the other thing, too, because he's trying to blame the unwinding of 20 years of polygamy, trying to make it Christine's fault somehow here too, of course, because he doesn't know how to process his own emotions. This is when he said that he thought that this thing was a piece of shit and that they got sold a lemon. And that's why it's never leveled the entire time that they've had it. It's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's that something is wrong with the RV. And so that's where I felt like, oh, so there you're saying that if Janelle had never bought this thing because she's the one who went and sought it out herself and what she found was a lemon, you wouldn't have all these issues. Well, this is where I started getting confused because then I was wondering, why are they showing us clips of Robin when she was accusing Christine from their argument last week about how they never really communicated when Christine was saying that her and Cody had improved on their communication since they'd separated? And then I realized, oh, it's because Cody's talking about how he and Janelle have never really communicated and are continuing to not communicate effectively. So it's almost like these are Robin's words and Robin's theories that are coming out of Cody's mouth in his assessment of his relationship with Janelle. Mm -hmm. And here we go. Janelle is just the next in line to be shoved out of the family because he's doing the same thing he did to Mary and then he did it to Christine and now he's going to reuse the same excuses that he learned from the last one and apply it to Janelle. He's using the exact same rationale for every single wife except for Robin. Because she's the only one that he really loves. The perfect wife. And the man who doesn't hold a grudge is holding a grudge about the fact that they never really sat down and had an in-depth, deep conversation about purchasing this RV, spending all of this money. And that Janelle didn't even try to look for a place to rent. He knew there were places to rent in Flagstaff because he was looking at the time. Maybe that was around the time when Christina kicked him out, so he didn't have a bedroom to stay in over there, so he was checking out places. So he was trying to rent a spare? He was over on apartments.com <laughs> just in case, checking it out. <laughs> Is that what he does from the from the car all day when he drives around? He's just on He's Zillow. just going. He's, he's going. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle kind of denies this. She basically tells the producers that, look, I have conversations with him. What he actually absorbs and is present for, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, he probably didn't hear the conversation. He didn't tune in for that part of it because most of the time he's not paying attention or he's just not around at all. 
So yeah, it's really hard to gauge what information Cody has received at any given time. Cut to Janelle telling Cody some bad news. We're going to need to rent something for about six months. I'm going to have to go into town. I cannot spend the winter on this property in this RV. So I'll just come back in April. And if things are working out as well as they have been so far, it should be around the same time that we're going to break ground to build the little fajita casita. Don't hold your breath on that (laughs) one either. Yeah, because we have six weeks until the permit is up for her to be living in the RV on the land. She was hoping to stay in the RV all winter. That was the plan. That was why she bought this RV in the first place. But now it's looking like she's probably not going to have electricity and clearly nothing is being built. I think Janelle finally put two and two together and realized I've just been backburnered out here. There is no plan to build anything or prepare anything to help me literally survive the winter. No, what do you think is going to happen if she stayed the winter out there? Cody's not going to come rescue her when it's snowing and dig her out every day. She's not. Oh, yeah. He's not digging anybody out. <laughs> not in the ways that they need them. It's just going to get a whole lot worse if she stays out on the property. A whole lot more stupider. A whole lot more stupid. He's really never going to come over if he can't stay outside. For real. Yeah. So she's got to go into town. And Janelle is approaching this as this is a problem. I'm going to fix it because she knows if she asks Cody for his input to solve it, it's never going to get done. So she's just taking this and running with it, which that's normally how the family operated. You didn't bring problems to Cody. You just fixed them on your own and did that. Unless you're Robin. Unless you're Robin, because then when Robin joined the family, then she became the damsel in distress and he loved swooping in and saving the day for Robin. Still nobody else. Everybody else figure out your own shit. We just watched him do it a few seasons ago when she had a fucking crisis because she had to leave her rental. And he literally left in the middle of Maddie having a baby to go sign paperwork with Robin because she's incapable of buying a house on her own. So Janelle was seeing this as this is a positive because I'm telling you about this problem, but I've already fixed it. I already found a place in Flagstaff that I can go rent for six months. That's the exact time span that we need this for. We're going to get in on the lease and that's it. But then Cody takes this as this is just yet another decision that Janelle has made without my consideration. I haven't been involved in it. This is just another wife telling me what's going on in my life. And I have no control over the situation. She's running it by you right now. Did she tell you that she already signed the lease? To an extent, she's kind of running it by him to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I've already made this decision and this is what's happening. Because then that's what Cody's argument becomes, too, is, then why the hell did we buy this RV? I mean, that's a, that's a valid question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> to say, yes, I, I can't fault Cody for asking Janelle at that point either. Why did we blow all this money on the RV idea if we're just going to end up renting someplace anyway? Well, I guess to fire back at that, I thought I was going to have to live in this thing for that long. That would be the appropriate response. And Janelle argues as well, too, over the past four months of living in the RV, she's made a ton of progress on whatever they were working for towards getting the land prepared at Coyote Pass. Clearly, they're not doing any construction with the land, but maybe financially she's been working some stuff around. It sounded like they had plans, too. Like, she knows what she wants to build. Thank God. Probably because Cody wasn't involved and has no idea what that looks like. So it was just funny to see the disagreement as well, too, because Janelle was pointing out Cody complains about living in the RV all the time. And so when she's saying, hey, 
we'll move into town for a couple of months. And then he's like, no, 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 not that. This is how you know that Janelle's now the basement wife. Nothing she does is right. And he really doesn't want to help her with any of her problems. That's what it is. But in typical Janelle fashion, we got some weather rolling in. We got a storm of brewing here. So it's time to pack this up. We can call it a day. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now back at Christine's house. It's time to tell Truly. Apparently, she's also the last to know that they're moving to Utah in a week. She gets the whole plan out there, right? They got a house. They found something quicker than they expected in Utah. It's ready. Christine tells us, the audience, that she's just honestly not willing to wait to move at this point because she could wait until the house, her house, actually gets closed on and then she knows that she really sold it. But instead, she's ready to leave now. I mean, to be fair, you got to be out of that house anyway. And even if it does fall through, you'll be able to show it easier. You'll be able to turn it around and get another offer really, really quick. I guess. But if you're worried about how your kid's going to react to it, it was like, well, why are you rushing the situation then? That's where I can't agree with it as well, too, because that's Truly's only input on the whole thing. Wow, this, this is really fast. This is very sudden. I did not expect it to be a week's notice. I could see, though, after that conversation that she had with the other adults that you might want to make sure you get out of there in seven days flat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You don't know what's going to happen after this now that the relationships are really on the fringe. Things are not going well. Yeah, it's and it's not going to improve any more time that you spend there. So while it would be nice to have truly, you know, be able to hang out with friends or say goodbye to people that she wants to in a timely fashion and have the time for that. I think overall, Christine's saying it's better to just get out of here while we can and just move forward with settling in. We'll be closer to family in Utah anyway. Let's just jump in. Somehow still not the most rushed move that they've ever had. Right. Yeah. This is a full week's notice. This isn't a flea high move situation at all. Now when you're getting three days notice and you're moving on Monday, so no one at school knows you just disappeared on Friday, never came back on Tuesday. That was a long weekend (laughs) for the Browns. So all in all, Christine's just happy that it seems like Truly's okay with things, that she's really trying not to traumatize her with this whole divorce and the move. But hold tight, Christine, because Cody will make sure that he does that for you. That's kind of his job. Yeah. But in the meantime, here we have McKelty, Tony, and little Avalon Chunk coming into town because they're going to help Christine move. But first and foremost... They have to go visit Robin and Cody over at Robin's house. Time to kiss the ring at the Shira Chateau. 
That's what they're doing here. <laughs> and they're just sliding baby Avalon across the table like it's a shuffleboard. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out. Robin is baby hungry. She still is baby hungry. We don't know what will happen to little Avalon. And I still don't know what that means. <laughs> because I know I know what baby fever is. and I, But I still don't know what Robin means when she says she's baby hungry. And yeah, I'd be careful. We find out that the reason why McKelty has such a good relationship with Robin, you know, in addition to having been one of her many babysitters. And one of the first nannies, officially. Yes, is that Robin was the first person to accept Tony into the family. So that's a lot. That's a big one for McKelty. And Tony's appreciative of it. I cannot wait because this is where we are at in the rewatch when we pick up after the season ends. And we are going to get to watch the whole Tony and McKelty relationship and wedding unfold. This is going to be good, yes, because once this season of Sister Wives ends, we'll be coming right back in on the rewatch starting at season 10. So it'll be picking up on the impact of the catfish, and then we'll slowly be introduced to Tony as he begins a courting <laughs> Miss McKelty. Saul and Ari are allowed to touch not only McKelty, but also the baby. Yes, and we do get a brief instruction where Robin is telling Ari she has to wash her hands before she touches the baby, which is a good instruction. I don't know if that same instruction was given to Cody. I hope so, because he was holding Avalon as well. (laughs) I didn't see any hand sanitizer. I did not either. I don't believe these people care about COVID anymore. At this point in the show. And just generally baby safety. Well, yeah. (laughs) What caught my attention in this scene was that there is an RV off in the background Yes. At Robin's house. There is a trailer. It appears to be still on their property because there is a bright orange extension cord running from their house to this RV. So does Robin own an RV? Did Janelle buy her RV? And so that meant that Robin needed one too, apparently? Did she buy one just so that Janelle would not have space to park her RV at the Shira Chateau? Is this where Dayton is living is this what all adult male children have to do is you can't (laughs) live in the house so you have to live in a trailer on the property if that's the case then why isn't there a bedroom for truly questions that lead to more questions (laughs) i hope we learn more about it they've been hiding that thing from us this is the reason why they don't have us run the tell-alls because (laughs) i would i would get sidetracked for an hour and a half (laughs) asking just questions about why does robin have an rv at her house It was big, too. It looked comparable to the size of Janelle's RV. I wouldn't say it was that large. Okay. It's not that big. Janelle's RV is humongous. You think it's like a one, a good, like, one-person queen-size bed in the back there? One bedroom? Yeah, probably not as much general common area space. I don't know why uh, Aurora was talking so much shit on the RV then, if they have their own RV. Right. Have you never been in the RV that's sitting on your property? Probably not. They just buy stuff just to sort of have it. They just like to accumulate things. Makes them feel good. No wonder there's no money in the family bank account. Cody bought not one, but two RVs. Because at this point, it's an investment. It'd be stupid not to. Anyway, Robin's really been looking forward to this check-in, as she calls it, with McKelty and Tony, because she's a little worried about how the relationship is going to be, you know, now that your mom's like being a bitch and stuff. So Tony and McKelty have to reassure Robin, you're still mom, you're still grandma, business as usual. We can 100% support you and also 100% support Christine. Don't feel like we're picking a side because we're not. We'll support both of you through all of this endeavor. 
But this is where Cody chimes in because he feels like everything has affected his relationship with everybody, though. And Tony's reaction. (laughs) Tony gave us a reaction that was worthy of him being cast on The Office. It was so perfect for the situation to hear Cody opining about all of these terrible, terrible impacts that has damaged his relationships with his adult children due to Christine leaving when we all know damn well that's not the cause of a lot of this tension. (laughs) His face was great. Then Cody tries to shake McKelty down for info on how long Christine's been talking about leaving. How long have you guys known? He wants the dirt. Yeah, and it's a game. It's a blame game for Cody, and he's trying to shit talk, but he's allowed by his definition because he's been wounded. So he can uh, weaponize his children for information. That's totally valid. McKelty does a really good job, though, fielding these questions. Like, McKelty could nail any interview she goes into (laughs) because she stays calm and she just says, well, you know, mom talked to me about things. I knew that she was unhappy. She did the normal things that people do. You talk about the highs and the lows in your relationship. She really skirts around that question really well. Yeah, but this is where Cody gets to complain as well, too, that he was the last to know. He was the last to know about Christine leaving. But I think this is interesting because if we check the tape, Truly was technically the last to know about this divorce. Uh, I think the difference being that Cody was the last to accept the divorce because Truly came to terms with this information in about 10 minutes flat, (laughs) whereas Cody is still struggling with it up until about last week. But he still goes back and forth. He has good days and bad. So McKelty just keeps reassuring them. Look, no one's picking sides. These relationships are separate. I can have a relationship with you guys and a relationship with mom. And those things don't have to affect one another. And Cody is like, yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. I don't want anybody picking sides, but just make sure you pick mine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And also I'm doing the exact thing with Christine and Janelle where I am letting my relationship with Christine affect my relationship with Janelle, but please don't do that to me. But but Kelty has to keep explaining, I don't have a say in Christine's relationship with you or with your relationship, Cody, with Robin. I don't have a say in any of those things. Those are all just things that I get to be around and experience. And so if there are decisions that are being made, that is out of my control. And all I can do is support you as an individual because of my connection with you as well, too. So just reassuring Robin some more that, hey, I wasn't a part of that decision. Keeping that separate from our relationship, I still support you as a mom and a grandma to my kid as well. McKelty knew what she had to come here and do, right? This was it. She's fluffing. She had to come here and show her re-acceptance of Robin all over again. Don't worry. And she's stood in front of Cody, too, because now there's nothing that McKelty can do wrong because she has accepted Robin. And that is all Robin has ever wanted is to be accepted by this family. Cap in hand. Right. Yeah, because Robin has vaguely asked to fix things with Christine, uh, but she's not interested in that right now. So it's just one last victimization before she goes for good measure. I've noticed that she's leaving out the for right now part in some of these interview clips. All the time, yeah, because that was something that Christine was very specific about in the response. I need some time. For now, for the time being. Not I never want to see you again. I despise you. Drop dead. (laughs) Lose my number. 
<laughs> that was not what she said, but that was what Robin heard. And what Robin hears, that's the gospel truth, according to Cody. It is moving day, and Christine's got her army of movers. We've got McKelty. We've got Tony. We've got Gwen. We've got Noelle, who I want to point out is the puppy that destroyed Christine and Cody's marriage. Right, yeah. This is the dog that started the downhill trajectory for Christine and Cody's marriage. I'm surprised that Cody hasn't actually blamed Noelle on camera yet. (laughs) And then Garrison is here as well. We find out Janelle's been roaming around later on. So we've got a big crew here helping to pack up the truck. Gwen drops a bomb on us. She does a little couch interview and says, you know... Again, reflecting on the whole thing with mom and dad getting divorced, I really thought my parents should have separated a long time ago. And she meant a long time ago because she says before we even moved to Vegas. She's talking about flea high move. Christine should have left. Now that's some shit because Christine definitely didn't have any assets then. Christine was freaking out when she had to pay the water bill on time. Remember? Yeah, when they almost lost their financing because she forgot to pay a utility bill. (laughs) She had to learn to live by herself when they moved to Vegas. Which is probably a good thing. It did teach her some independent skills. We got everybody helping to pack the truck while little baby Avalon is in the baby Bjorn hanging off of Grandma Christine. Yeah, Avalon's trying to chew her way out of this baby Bjorn. (laughs) (laughs) While Christine's directing traffic. But McKelty kind of took charge. She can tell Christine was super overwhelmed, just sensed it, and then just took the initiative and started with the operation here. Operation move out, basically, of what's going on. Evacuate. (laughs) Yeah, evacuation plan. One of the things that they decide to do is a walkthrough of the house because they need to assess how much is left to put in the truck. But also, it's a way to have a nice goodbye to this place that was just such a lovely memory and we get to relive some of the trauma of the bedroom (laughs) let's do that on the walkthrough that's always good to do where cody was so excited to buy this house and make this room his bedroom their bedroom well i mean for him at the time it was going to be his i guess he (laughs) thought it was going to be his not so much because this is also the room where he told her they would never be intimate ever again Yeah, so she's starting to like actually seem like she's having a little bit of a panic attack. She's getting short of breath. She's like, I just, I don't like being in this room. It's it's hard for me to be in here. Bad vibes. Yeah. We got bad energy in here. There's like, there's a demon in here sucking the energy out of me. So I need to get out of this house. Did you bring any sage? (laughs) We got to clear this out because yeah, she sold the bed set. Remember, cleared that out. So that's one thing down. But honestly, what is the real silver lining there of selling that? You don't have to pack it. Yeah, I'm not moving that. I'm not going to bring that. I'm not going to load it onto the truck. I don't need to figure out space for it. It's gone. It's done. They celebrate the fact that Christine's going to be near not only her kids, which we knew, but also her parents, her siblings. So she's really excited about leaving because she truly is going to be close to a lot more family. Beginning the next chapter, it's closing. Closing the, uh, the book, the lid on... Quite a large chapter of her life, which was living polygamy with Cody. And all the years that she was told she had to save her grocery money if she wanted to go visit her sick dad. So now she's got her house money and she can go visit him on a 45 minute drive whenever she feels like. They decide they're just going to finish the rest tomorrow, which to me, it kind of looked like there was still a lot to go, even though they were very proud of how much they'd already packed. 
It looked like most of it was in the garage, so at least staged to be put on the truck. And it sounded like from Christine's initial discussion there was that most of it was just boxes that were left. So I think it would be easier to just kind of pack those up before you close the door and head on out. So we know that that's part of what's going to be done tomorrow. But what's the plan? Like, is anyone going to be coming over? McKelty wants to know. Is there a goodbye setup? Or are we going to do something like socially distanced for breakfast? No. Are we going to destroy anyone's property? Oh, well, I thought about it. But no. Yeah, <laughs> nothing is planned. We have no plans. Christine isn't planning on it. Nobody said anything. But McKelty wants to plan something. It's your last night here. Maybe just open invite, no pressure. But McKelty wants to, and she's trying to push to have people come and say goodbye. Oh, she's going to apply pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure, but I'm definitely pressuring you. Now, some people kind of questioned McKelty's motives here. Is she just trying to stir the pot and start problems? I think this is also maybe a little producer-driven because we're ending a big chapter in this history of this show. So how could we have the last discussion with this family getting together be that blow up on the porch that probably they haven't even mentally processed at this point themselves. Yeah. So the excuse that McKelty's giving is that she doesn't want anybody to regret not saying goodbye, but I don't think that she's considering how fucking weird this is going to (laughs) be either too. Cause it's like, I don't think this is going to help much. Maybe it would have been better to have had them come at different times. That might've been better. Because then it wouldn't have been so us and them sort of staged out. But even then, it's still weird. Well, the problem is you can have the best intentions, right? But if other people aren't coming into the situation trying to make the best of it or actually put an effort forward to be civil with one another, it's not going to go well. And that's what we see play out. That's basically what starts to happen here. Because McKelty's main intention, she was trying to avoid this big divide of the finality of Christine leaving. She doesn't want that to be a permanent understanding for the entire family of saying, this is it. We're fractured now, never coming back together. Nobody's ever going to be able to be around each other. She just wanted to kind of normalize saying goodbye. I could also see Cody holding this against them and being like, your mother never even said goodbye. She didn't say goodbye to me. She didn't say goodbye to Robin. She didn't say goodbye to the kids. She didn't let Truly come say goodbye to me. I still think, yeah, it has to be producer driven though too because yeah the cody yelling can't be the last interaction that you have on tape so we cut to the next day it's actually like the next evening which i'm glad we fast forwarded through some packing because we've seen enough of that on this show we've seen so many moves just add this to the list by some small miracle and probably also a small bonus check from the producers everyone's showing up well all the important people except for mary Well, I mean, yeah. And Robin is here. She was going to honor Christine's wishes by just not having anything to do with her, staying out of her way because, you know, Christine told her to fuck off and never interact with her ever again. Well, and we know how good Robin is at staying out of the way. (laughs) She never meddles or gets involved in anybody else's shit. No. So she's here just because McKelty asked her to do it, not because she actually genuinely Loves her sister wife, is going to miss her, and wants to say goodbye. No. So we have Cody and Robin and Robin's kids coming around to the backyard, and it's already getting dark out. It's basically nighttime, 
and Cody starts shit-talking immediately. As soon as they round the corner to the backyard. Oh, gee, I thought this was supposed to be a party. <laughs> like, he's upset that there weren't decorations and streamers and <laughs> hats well, and noisemakers. I wish that there was a divorce cake, a divorce party in the backyard just held moments before Christine gets in the truck to leave. And it's like, dude, everything's on the truck. Everything that I own is on this vehicle because I'm leaving tomorrow. I didn't know if he was being facetious. Like I he thought that they would. I highly doubt it. <laughs> you really think that I he think thought there'd be a party? He said that wholeheartedly. He thought he there was, were going to be hors d'oeuvres. He was promised a moving party by <laughs> McKelty because I'm sure she texted him. They didn't talk on the phone. She texted him and said, hey, it'd be great if you come by. And that was his expectation. Nobody promised anything. That was just when he heard that, that was the expectation that was set in his head. This is where Ari, who like a normal person, realizes everyone else is inside. The party that Cody is looking for is currently in the house, wants to go inside. And he tells her, no, we can't go in the house because of COVID. We have to be socially distanced. Because that's a convenient excuse to use now. Right. I'm confused. These kids went back to school in person. They were not wearing masks when they came home from school. No, I didn't see a mask in anyone's hand, hanging off their backpack, anything. But they're going to school every day. They also interacted with McKelty and Tony and the baby already over at Robin's house. So why can't they even stand near each other? Because I think the C in COVID stands for Christine now. <laughs> <laughs> over at Robin's house. And that's what they mean when they're talking about COVID protocols now. It's how to interact with and deal with being around Christine. I guess I guess one explanation could be that the crew can't go inside the house, so they can't film them if they all go inside. That could track, technically. I guess that then if you're going to explain it on camera, that is technically the truth, right? Then say that. The crew that, can't come inside? Yeah. Or throw up a title card like they did throughout all of COVID. Corey, we can't break the fourth wall on Sister Wives. Heaven forbid. We only did that for the entirety of COVID. <laughs> every single episode. It's starting to rain. So Cody's already upset. It's a light drizzle. Rain is a bit of an exaggeration. It, you can't even tell that it's raining. Nobody puts tell. their hoods up. Every, no. No, it's, no, there's not much rain at all. It's like two drops. And then Cody's like, all right, I'm leaving in five minutes. Nobody's coming out of the house yet, so he has to run up to the window in the kitchen, which is open, and yell, hey, everybody. And he scares the shit out of Christine <laughs> <laughs> because it's a real, here's Johnny, shining moment. You literally hear her say, oh, gosh, that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like he scares the hell out of her. She did not want to hear his voice ever again. She wasn't expecting to see his face <laughs> pop up in her kitchen window <laughs> out of the darkness. She I thought she was going to be on a true crime yeah. Dateline episode. For real. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, my biggest fear. Why does this man just use sliding doors in this house or scream in open windows? I don't know, but it's not any less awkward outside. It's still super awkward because then we're just cutting over to Robin and her kids standing quietly in the drizzle. Far away from the house too. Distance. They made sure that they were picking their ground and they were standing. They were standing their ground. And now bless McKelty's heart for trying to keep the family together. But Cody's not interested in that. He never wants to see Christine ever again. 
He doesn't want to drive by this house ever again, which I want you to remember when we talk about next week. Please make a note of that. Yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with this house ever again. Doesn't want to look at it. Doesn't want to step foot near it. Doesn't want to be in the same county district. Doesn't want to deal with any of this. Gabe has shown up. He conveniently missed the entire packing portion of things from what we saw. Smart child. He tells us he's sad about Christine leaving. That part really sucks. But if it was him in her position, he would do the same thing. Honestly, he can't blame her. Which is pretty much what we're hearing from all the kids. Yeah. They all think that Christine was in a situation that really, really was shitty, and they would not want to be treated that way themselves, so they don't blame her for getting out. Which is when we get Mary's take again, too, because who better to understand Christine's situation than Mary? But Mary isn't here in person. She wasn't at the shindig because she was out of town at the B&B, and she's glad she didn't go because it would have been weird anyway. It's awkward. It's a fake goodbye. She's been told by Christine that Christine doesn't want a relationship with her anyway. So why would she go there and pretend to care about Christine leaving? Because you're family. And sometimes you have to pretend to like people that you don't like just because they're related to you. Not by Mary's definition anymore. Christine <laughs> is not married to this man, so she has no obligation to Christine. No, and to be honest, as we've talked about before, we know our theory that Cody and Mary are cut from the same cloth. They are the same person and they are just as petty as one another and have the same exact reaction to this whole situation. Same exact thing. Absolutely. So now we're gathering everybody in the backyard. It is so awkward. It's so weird. It's very intense. These are all the words that are being used to describe the atmosphere that's taking place here. And then we see a very strange exchange between Cody and... And truly, where he's asking if she's excited to leave tomorrow? That's a trick question. Right, because it's a loaded question. And so she doesn't know how to react. So she's kind of just like, yeah. And he's like, well, you're not smiling. If you were happy about it, if you were excited, you'd be smiling more. And he's saying that he's trying to make sure that she's happy to be leaving. But that's not what it is. He's just trying to upset her and complicate this further. Mm-hmm. Because if she was smiling about it, he'd be mad at her for that. And she knows that. So she's trying to control her emotions because she's learned to do that around him to appease him. And so she's not really giving away too much of what she's feeling. But that also is upsetting him because he wants her to be upset about it. Cody's feeling out of control. None of this is what he wants. And he has no power in this situation. So Christine is trying to say something at this point. She's thanking everybody for coming. McKelty tries to go into a little speech of her own. She is so nervous. Her voice is starting to crack. She's not really sure where she's going with this word salad. She's reminding everyone that they're a family. That's why we're here. Thank you for coming and participating. We're still a family, even though we're a standoff family, <laughs> because we're standing off right now. But it is what it is. There's no blame on either side. And we're grateful we can remain a family and support each other. Moving forward. Which is a great sentiment, but it's not true. It's not entirely true. And not everybody believes it or agrees with it. Very clearly. No one says anything. It's crickets. Until Janelle finally speaks up and tells McKelty that she just verbalized exactly what was on her heart, but she didn't know how to put into words. So another strike against Janelle for saying something supportive of Christine in front of Cody. Right. You're, you got to be careful with the amount of support that you're displaying, Janelle. I appreciate it, but please, you have to 
think of your own well-being as well, too, after Christine leaves. Because if it wasn't already awkward enough, now we have little Ari chiming in and asking Christine very direct questions about why she left Cody. This is just, I understand she's a small child. It's unfortunate that apparently her father hasn't explained this situation enough in a way that she understands that she had to ask this in front of, in front of the group and that she never had a moment to talk to Christine about it I'll privately. Take, I'll take you one further. I bet you that Cody asked Ari to ask this question on the drive over. <laughs> you think so? I think he geared her up. <laughs> You're probably right. Because she was probably asking him at Why some point. Why don't you ask Christine? And he said that was exactly the response that he gave her. So she did. You're right. I had to go to the pettiest part of my brain. I'm hardwired for it. So I already <laughs> knew what that conversation looked like. And that's probably what happened. So Christine tells her, well, we just weren't in love anymore. Sometimes that happens. And this is where Ari gets scary. She kind of starts hissing and she tells her, go on dates. Have dates. Have dates. It's a great idea, but sometimes that's not always enough, honey. Thank you for the suggestion. Thanks anyway. She's like hiding behind Robin and peeking out from her leg and hissing the thing about dates again and then hiding again. No one, no adult speaks up. No one says anything to her about, you know, that's a little bit inappropriate. Let's not ask Christine questions about that. Like, we're here to say goodbye. We'll talk about it when we get home. Nothing like that. Oh, no. Nobody's going to circle back with this kid and explain anything in greater detail at all. Also, Robin's kids just stood there, the older ones, making stink faces at everyone the whole time. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was mainly the sentiment that was going on because I'm sure that Robin geared them up just like Thanksgiving the year prior for COVID where, oh, nobody wants to be around you guys and they're choosing to not follow protocols so they don't have to be around you. Oh, and this is the last time you're ever going to see Christine. You have to come say goodbye because she told me she doesn't want to have a relationship with any of us anymore after this. We're dead to her. So she's dead to us. So let's go say goodbye. So they do start to finally say goodbye. And then apparently Cody's the only one who's allowed to get hugs from Truly. And the other side to cross the line because that's how COVID works for them as a family. So again, then I guess forget everything we said about the theory about the producers and and the crew and having to film outside for the crew because he won't allow anyone else to hug truly goodbye, which is cruel because he won't let Ari and Saul give her a hug goodbye. Yeah, this is just another weird control thing because he doesn't know COVID, but he's using COVID protocols as an excuse for them to not get close. Right. When last week he was so proud that Ari tagged around and hugged and was bothering another little girl in the class who was sad, but she can't give her own sister a hug goodbye. And if you're going to risk exposure where you're hugging truly, and then you're going to go home and hug Robin's kids, the same thing as if they were going to hug truly. So just let it happen. If you're going to take the risk, just take the risk. It didn't make any sense. It's just Cody being a dick. And then he tells Truly that her phone has video chat as if she just is not aware of that at this point in time. And as though he has just learned that he could pick his phone up and video chat with any of his children anytime he wants, even though we're how long, a year and a half beyond that into COVID? Oh, gosh, yeah, because Truly's like, oh, no, I know. I, I use it to call Aspen all the time. <laughs> I talk I talk with Aspen on video chat all the time. The day I found out that you and mom were divorced, I had a nice long conversation with Aspen and with McKelty 
and with grandma. You think she's going to tell Cody that her camera's broken? Oh, yeah. It's going to go right into (laughs) catfish scenarios here. Can't talk. (laughs) 90 day. Christine's thinking everyone's mad after that exchange because it didn't go well, including Robin's kids. Well, Robin's kids look angry. (laughs) So it's fair for Christine to kind of assess it that way, where it looks like that side of the family's upset with her. Robin denies that, which I think is funny because her kids cry at literally everything. So how are you going to deny that they were mad versus upset or devastated when there was not one tear shed? Oh, no, because the kids get a pass. The children are the innocent party in all of this. They're just the victims in all this, much like Robin. Christine breaks down because Janelle gives her a hug goodbye. This is honestly the hardest goodbye that she has to do and she says she really didn't need this goodbye party it was the worst goodbye she's ever witnessed so not great reviews on mckelty's party throwing abilities here worse than christine thought it would be she's excited for a new chapter but that was literally the worst goodbye ever and then we just watch everyone go their separate ways robin cody and their kids go to the car and everyone else goes back inside christine's house Next episode. Next week, everyone is dealing with the aftermath of Christine leaving. Janelle is sad. Everyone else is angry. Then the deal falls through on Christine's house. So Cody tries to get Janelle to agree to buy it, which seems to start a big argument. Well, yeah, for this episode, keep in mind, Cody just said that he didn't want to see this house he didn't want to drive by this house and then apparently next week he's going to be suggesting that he and janelle buy this house make it make sense and then we start talking about the respect thing again cody says a man can't be married to a woman who doesn't respect him r-e-s-b-c-c-c's <laughs> find out what it means to me Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast or leaving a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 